You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. I want to thank you for joining me today. We're talking about the mystery of the church. If you haven't been a part of these podcasts before now, at least go back to the beginning of this series so you can fully catch and comprehend what we're trying to get across on this subject. Because it's a little different than some of the things I've taught before. It's not just one you can jump in anywhere and fully understand it. The church was a secret. It was a mystery. And certainly it'll help you to go back to the beginning to fully comprehend and appreciate that. Ephesians 1.13, New International Version, said this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I said Ephesians 1.13. It's actually Ephesians 1.3. Uh, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Uh, that's just conje- uh, that's just meaningless if you don't pause and really let it sink in. Um, God bound us up, tied us together, uh, took two glasses of water and poured them together into one. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. He bound us up with Christ. In the invisible world. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In other words, he took our identities and the identity of Christ and he mixed them together, but he did it not just in our own hearts, not just in his heart, but in the heavenly arena so that everything in the heavenly arena could see it. Here's why. This invisible spiritual world around us has a huge impact on the world that we can see. It has a big effect on that. I want to read to you from the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, a story of Elisha the prophet. I I love this story. It's tremendous and uh, it's got a lot of insight. He told the king of Israel where to avoid ambushes and traps that were being set by the king of Aram, or the king of Syria. When the king of Syria realized that Elisha was doing this, he found out where he was, and he sent an army to capture him. Here is 2 Kings 6.14. Then he, the king, sent horses and chariots and a strong force there, They went by night and surrounded the city, the little city of Dothan. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And this young man said, Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord. Open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots on fire, or of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. So we see just a tremendous victory here. But it all was determined 
by an invisible army that was in the spirit, and it worked on behalf of Elisha, who was in the natural. And so what happens in the spiritual world also has an impact on that which is in the natural world. We have an angelic army. Now, here's what the scriptures teach. We have been seated at the right hand of God in heaven, We have been made holy and without blame before the Lord. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. And then we see that He blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now this word blessing is something that we throw around all the time. Bless you, and I will bless the Lord. People don't stop and think about what this means. You've been blessed of God. People hear that. What does it mean to be blessed of God? What does that mean? All right, blessing is so common to us that we fail to catch the impact. Here's what it means. It it means the gift of divine favor. It means special benefit or favor. But what I want you to catch out of this today. This is what's so critical. Blessing, when God does it, is a release of supernatural power. Listen, when God releases power, He does not snap His fingers. When God releases power, He does not clap His hands. When God releases power... He does not wave some kind of wand. He does not do some kind of mystical chant uh, like the witch on television. He doesn't wiggle his nose. When God releases power, he speaks words. Those spoken words are called blessings. And so when God blesses us, he has spoken a word And that word is full of power. Now listen to Genesis chapter 17, verse 16, New International Version. This is God talking to Abraham about his wife, Sarah. I will bless her. In other words, I'm going to speak and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Look at what happened here. God spoke concerning Sarah, and the blessing didn't just come upon her in that instant to give her the ability to have a baby. God really reversed her aging process so that she could be young enough in body again to conceive and have a baby. So there was a physical change that took place in Sarah when God spoke these words. God did an amazing thing here. But in order to fulfill this prophecy, God's word had to keep working until kings had been born, until mighty rulers came from the line of Abraham and Sarah. And that did happen. And when God speaks and releases a blessing, no prophet, either a true prophet or a false prophet or a warlock or a witch or any other spiritual force can reverse the blessing of God that has been spoken over an individual or over a group. This is Numbers chapter 23, verses 19 and 20. King of Moab hired Balaam, the prophet, to put a curse on the children of Israel. 
And as he tried to do it, he met failure. And this is what he said. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Remember, God's words release God's actions. Words first, actions later. Let there be light, and there was light. That's the way it works. The word comes. That's what a blessing from God is. It's God releasing a word that in turn releases actions to bring about the word that he spoke. Does he promise and not fulfill? He said, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed. I cannot change it. He had the will to change it, but he couldn't. Now, we have to operate in a spirit of revelation to receive what was given by revelation. Anything that was given by revelation, in other words, if it took revelation to fully appreciate it and understand it, it takes revelation to see it and understand it today. We have to have the help of the Holy Spirit in reading the Word, to fully appreciate the Word, to know what it means, to catch uh, everything that it means. There's a knowledge that we cannot explain. I know Jesus was raised from the dead. Have I seen Him? No. I just know it. I have a knowledge that's so deep in me that I would be willing to die for it. And I've seen my brothers and sisters around the world. I heard about a little 80-some-odd-year-old Christian woman in Iraq that ISIS told her to deny Lord, or they would deny the Lord, and, and or they would kill her. Well, she wouldn't do it, and they did burn her life. Didn't stop her. She stood there and stood for Christ because she wouldn't back down. She knew. Now, that's a knowledge that comes only by revelation. I want to read to you now how that we pray for this spirit of revelation because uh, it's important that we pray. And it's in the book of Ephesians, beginning in chapter 1 and verse 15 is where I'm going to start. And before I get into it, I want to just say this about this particular book. Ephesians could have been written to any of the New Testament churches. There is nothing unique anywhere in the book that could not be shared with the church at Thessalonica or Corinth or the church at Colossae. Or it could have been shared with everybody. In fact, there are scholars who believe that Ephesians was a fill-in-the-blank type of letter that every church was supposed to get it. There's an epistle of the Laodiceans, and they've not been able to find it. Well, it's because it's this one. It's the book of Ephesians. And uh, it was received by the Laodiceans also. So the Apostle Paul sent them a copy of this. That's what I believe about it. It's a universal book because it applies to all of us. So listen to this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us who believe that power is like the working of His mighty strength, 
which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, this is a prayer that we pray for ourselves. Paul said, I pray it for you, church at Ephesus. But you know what? You could put your own name in here. You ought to pray this prayer for yourself. And here's why. This prayer will cause you to begin to see things about God's revelation to you that you've never seen before. I cannot forget what happened when I first began to pray this prayer. In fact, I wanted to be able to pray it every day, so I wrote it down, put it on some cardboard, not regular paper, cardboard, kept it in my Bible so I could pull it out and look at it. And I read it every day, read out the prayer, prayed it every day. Now, after a while, I eventually... Uh, remembered it by heart. I pray it in the King James Version, which is how I learned it. I read it in uh, NIV because it's a little easier for you to understand. But what God has done is that He put us in Christ on the cross. So there's no need for me to die for my sins. Already paid for uh, my sins. Already paid for. It happened when Christ was on the cross. He declared me dead. The old Willie George is dead, and a new Willie George has been raised up in his place with Christ. I have died and I have been raised from the dead. That's what happened in Jesus. Then he not only raised me up, but I am seated at his right hand with Christ. So I'm identified with Christ. Christ has power at the right hand of God. I have power at the right hand of God. I have influence at the right hand of God. Now, certainly not all the power that Christ himself has, but I have a part of it. I have the part of his power that belongs to me. Listen to Ephesians 2.6. And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I would put it like this. Concerning your authority and your place in this earth, and your ability to call on the forces of God to help you, this is like a badge. You know, someone could pull you over and say, I'm a policeman, but they don't have a, uh, they don't have a badge. They don't have any identification. You don't have to listen to them. Any real officer is going to be carrying a badge, and this is what this prayer is about. This prayer is about you getting a badge, fully understanding your authority on the earth. Now, if you know anything about a policeman, you know that a badge is not enough. He's got to have a weapon to carry out the badge and to carry out the authority of the badge. That is our next lesson, and we'll get into that tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.